0: As we come to Palm Sunday, right, we always know that on Palm Sunday, this reading's going to be read. We always know that the passion's going to be read, that we're going to have to stand up a long time. And during that standing up a long time, you, you start on your right leg. Let that get nice and tired and numb right about your hip. Then you swing it over to the left leg. Then you got to cross your arms a little while. you got to stretch a little bit in the middle. Back to the right leg, right? Right? As we, go, as we go through this reading, sometimes it can seem just a little bit, okay, I've heard it. Like I know, I got it. I, I, look, I understand, Jesus died for our sins, he went through all this stuff before, like it's Palm Sunday, I got it on Thursday and Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like we're going to be celebrating this whole thing, and we're getting ready for it, I got it. But sometimes a story, it doesn't have the same impact if it's not personal, right? Sometimes like little things for us may not mean something if it's not first personal. Let me give you a story. I was, uh, my dad and I, every year for Christmas, we would go and we would, we always go and buy my mom's Christmas present together. Now, we've probably done this 15 years straight. And every year, we would go to the jewelry store, and of course, like, they always trying to sell you whatever the new thing is, right? So if the new thing is the little double heart thing where it's on top and bottom, and it's like the Friends Forever kind of collection, whatever they call it, that's what we're going to buy, right? Or if it's something, if it's some kind of bracelet or a necklace, well, that's what we got to try and get. Because I'm, I'm, look, I might be a priest, but look, women love jewelry, right? So. We go, and this year's big thing, I remember it like it was yesterday, it was a Pandora bracelet. Every girl's like, I know what that is. Every guy's like, that's the radio station thing, right? No. <laughs> Pandora bracelet, it's like a, a really awesome charm bracelet, right? So over the course of a period of time, you get this charm bracelet, and like you might give one, like if you have a kid, you get a little blue one for a little boy. Or like a little pink one for a little girl. Or if like your, your kid loves to play baseball, you get a baseball. Or if, you, if someone's like an artist in the family, you get like a little art paintbrush. Then there's like the little accent pieces that, that just gotta go with the right outfit. And if she wants to wear that necklace, then that stone works perfect. Well, this is supposed to happen where you buy the charms over a course of time. So like, the jewelry store is trying to throw guys a bone, right, because, hey, I buy the bracelet for Christmas, then for the anniversary I buy something else, then for her birthday I buy something else, Easter I buy a little rabbit or something, like, it was supposed to be that way. My dad, however, is what I would call an overachiever. My dad buys this bracelet, and the bracelet might be, let's say, this long, and he had a ton of charms. He's got charm, 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 charm. And it's all these different things. And me and him, we thinking like, man, we doing awesome. Like we, we making like mom a really cool thing. And then we had to pay for it. But anyway, um, but just during the course of it, we were like, man, this is awesome. So we thinking of different memories and different ideas and different this and that, and like things I like to do, things my sister likes to do, things that like they like to do whenever they were younger. And they, we filling up this bracelet and, like, telling the story of my mom and dad's life together. It was really beautiful. Until there was a certain moment that my dad looks at the girl in the store, and we got all the charms in front of us, and he's looking around a little bit, and he can't find the one he's looking for. And the lady looks at him and says, sir, you're looking for a particular thing? And his response was, I'm looking for a pig. Now I don't know about you, but when you're telling the romantic life of a couple that's been married for 35 years, the last animal I would think ever has to do with that is a pig. I'm like, Dad, look, I understand bacon's good and sausage is good, but a pig? A pig. So I was confused. I'm sitting back, I'm like, what the heck? I was half as confused as the little girl behind, behind the desk. She's just like, her eyes got about as big as my face, which is pretty big, right? And she just looks and goes, a pig? She couldn't hide it. Like if she played poker, she would be out real quick. She could not hold the bluff. A pig? Come to find out, while we were doing this, my dad says, yeah, on one of our first dates, me and your mom, on one of our first dates, we were walking through the mall, and there was this guy that was doing glass blowing, And he was making all these little, action, these little figures with glass. And there was this certain one figure that your mom picked up, and she loved. It was a little pig, and on the inside it was pregnant. So like, the, the, the big thing was is that he did two things together. It was glass inside of glass. And he said for years she had that little pig in her room, until one day it fell and broke. And now he had gone, looked here and there, trying to find somebody else that could do this same little project with a little pregnant pig. And he said if I couldn't have found one in glass, I was going to try and find one for the bracelet. See, the thing me and that lady at, at the store did not know was that behind that story, behind that request, there was a bigger story, and that bigger story was something that was extremely, extremely personal between my mom and my dad, between the one who was giving the gift and the one who was going to receive the gift. This story that we just reflected on, this story of the passion is supposed to be personal. So one of the most beautiful things that we do in the liturgy is that we, we are allowed to be part of the story. Like this is our story. This is our chance to be able to express our, our actions in Jesus' sacrifice for us. And notice the words we say, prophesy, crucify him. You've saved others, save save yourself now. Wait, he, he might be calling Elijah. This story is supposed to be extremely, extremely personal for each one of us. Now, I know most of us here, probably at some point, have seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ, right? And if you haven't seen it, just go to your local church sometime this week, and they're probably watching it, right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But during this, during the Passion, Mel Gibson was the one that kind of directed it, and put it together and kind of made it visually as aesthetically pleasing and unpleasing as it was. And during the course of the movie, somebody, after the movie was done and produced and it started catching on all over the world, somebody asked them, said, why didn't you put yourself in the movie? I'm Mel Gibson, he's an actor, right? And somebody said, why you didn't put yourself in the movie? And his response was, he says, I am in the movie. I'm in one part. And the reporter said, Really, we didn't see you. What 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 part of the movie are you in? And his response was, My hands are the soldiers' hands that crucify our Lord. It's my hand that holds the hammer. It's my hand that holds the nail to his hand. My hands are the ones are, are the ones that crucify our Lord. And he said, because that's the only part I played in that story. He said, that's the part, that's the role that I had in that story. Throughout the whole passion. He said, my sin is what put him there. My struggle with gossip is what put him there. For each one of us here, our sins are the ones, are the things that put Him there on the cross. This story is an utterly personal story for each one of us. But the beautiful thing is, is that we don't, we don't just stop the story at Good Friday, come one week from today, Amen. We don't just stop the story at Good Friday and a filled tomb with a rock over it. Amen? Amen? That story ends with our Lord being bigger than death, bigger than our struggle, bigger than our sin, bigger than our gossip, bigger than our addiction, bigger than anything that we can possibly say that's going to hold us back from Him. Because He looks at each one of us utterly personally. He loves each one of us personally. Pope Benedict, when he first was elected Pope, his first document that he ever came out with came out in 2005, and in that document, he's talking about love. He's talking about how God is love. And the way he begins it is he says, being Christian is not just the result of an ethical choice." or a lofty ideal. It's, being Christian is not just about being a nice guy doing nice guy things, right? And being a Christian is not about this ideal that's out there, that, this high bar that we can never meet and we, we just have to kind of put our eyes down because we, 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 we're terrible and we're not good, that we can never reach a lofty ideal. It's neither one of those things. And I, have a ten, I know for myself, when I was in high school, that's the way I looked at my life. Was that being Christian was just about doing nice guy things and being a nice guy and, and trying not to sin. Or being Christian was an ideal. The bar was so, set so high that I could never reach, so what's the point? Pope Benedict said it's neither one of these two things. But being Christian is an encounter, with a person. Being Christian is personal. Being Christian is the fact that we have a big God who loves us, every one of us here collectively, yes, but God loves you. God loves you enough to have those nails in His hands and in His feet. God loves you enough to carry the cross every painstaking step. God loves you enough to be embarrassed and beaten and betrayed. God loves you enough to say those final words, bow his head, and die for us. My brothers and sisters, our, our God says to us every single year, that you are worth Good Friday. You are worth all of the pain, all of the struggle, all of the emotional baggage that comes with it, all of the physical exhaustion and hurt that comes with it. You are worth the price of death because God loves you so much that you are worth Good Friday. Do we believe it? Do we live in a way that our faith is utterly personal? That the story we just heard, proclaimed here, in this Mass, do we believe that that God, that same God who sent His Son, that same God who was crucified, that same God who breathed His last, did it for you? The beautiful part about our faith the beautiful, one of the beautiful, most beautiful things that we have is the sacramental life of the church, where that God reaches down and touches each one of us. He did in our baptism, he does through the sacrament of reconciliation, and in a few moments, he's right here for you and I. He comes down for you and I. He comes the eternal step, that infinite step from heaven to meet you. that price that he paid so long ago, he offers that same grace to you today. He offers that same cra- grace to you in a few minutes when you're right here through the body of Christ. Amen. That same God that we love so much and that we can, t- we can talk about for days and days and days and we can theologize about and we can think about and we can learn about, That same God is a person and He wants nothing more than to come to you today. This this day, this time is an anointed time because we get an opportunity to have the young church collected in one place, praising our God and receiving Him in His body and blood. Today is an anointed day where we have the opportunity for confession. We heard some wonderful talks. We've been hearing some music. We've been growing with our friends. But today starts the most holy week of the year. Today starts the most holy time of the year for us. As we now walk in to Jerusalem with our our Savior, with palms waving, right? And we await Holy Thursday. Good Friday, and ultimately Easter Sunday. God's inviting each one of us this Holy Week, this week, to walk with Him. To walk with Him through all of it. We had a great, we had a beautiful procession in with palms raised, music blaring, the excitement of coming into Jerusalem with our Lord. On Holy Thursday, with the beauty of the institution of the Eucharist, the gift of Jesus Himself under, under the veil of bread and wine for each one of us. On Good Friday, we see that passion played out in our church. And on Easter Sunday, the boom of the resurrection where the tomb is thrown open and it's empty. And we proclaim the A word that's not the word you're thinking of, but the bigger A word that we've retired since the beginning of Lent. God's asking, very simply, go through this Holy Week in a personal way. Go through this Holy Week walking in the steps of our Savior. Sometimes we can sit back... (laughs) and kind of look at it like it's kind of crazy. Like me and that clerk at the jewelry store. We can sit back and wonder what on earth are they doing? Fasting, entering into the mass, into the liturgies. We can sit back and kind of question, what's the point of this? What's the point of this week? What makes this week bigger than everything else? If we know the person, everything else falls into line. If we know the person, if we know the person, we see Holy Week not as this odd time of celebrating a death, but as a beautiful time of God reaching out and saying, I love you this much. I love you enough to suffer for you, to die for you. I love you enough to be resurrected for you and to pave that way into heaven for you. See, tonight, as I said, we're coming up. We're going to come up to the, to the altar and receive our Lord. And if you, you may be somebody who's like, man, I'm on fire for Jesus and like his name makes me want to fall flat on my face in prayer. Awesome. Welcome. If you're somebody who's here because you're forced to be here, I've been there too. And it's okay. All we need to do is give God a crack in, our, in the door, and he blows it off the hinges. If you're somebody who's sitting kind of in between and I don't know quite what I'm supposed to do, I like Jesus, I know Je- I think I know Jesus, I'd like to know more about him, but like the pressures of life are too much. That's okay. But I ask everyone, no matter where you are on that, on that list, if you're on fire for God, if you don't even know if he exists, tonight I ask you one thing. Ask him to show himself to you. Very simply, ask him to reveal himself to you. See, after his resurrection, Jesus, there was a lot of confusion going on all throughout Jerusalem, and two of his disciples, people who were followers of him, took off, and they started walking. And they were questioning. They didn't know what it was that happened. They they had seen a body that had been beaten and killed that was now gone. They didn't know if he was stolen, if he was taken away. They didn't know what happened. And Jesus appeared to them, and they didn't recognize him. And he began to teach them the scriptures and kind of make sense of all the stuff that had happened to that point. And the moment that they recognized him was in the breaking of the bread. When he, when, he, when he remembered and did what he had done at the Last Supper, the moment he broke the bread, they saw him. The moment he broke the bread, they were able to dive into a personal relationship with him again. Tonight, when we come to receive our Lord, when we open ourselves to him anew, when we ask very plainly, Lord, let me see you, In the breaking of the bread, He's revealed to us. In the breaking of the bread, He's given to each one of us. And it's through the breaking of the bread that we're strengthened to walk this week with Him. The story we read tonight is not meant to just be some detailed account of a death of a guy 2,000 years ago. It's not meant to be just an uncomfortable time for us to stand up for a long time, although it turns into that sometimes. It's meant to be a personal love letter to each one of us. Celebrate this Holy Week in the most personal way you possibly can by expressing that same love back to our Lord.